This is the 3D Pod, your number one source for 3D printing news, analysis, and insight from 3dprint.com. Now, here are your hosts, Joris Peels and Maxwell Bogue. Hello, everyone. My name is Joris Peels, and welcome to another episode of the 3D Pod. Uh, with me, as always, is Maxwell Bogue. Hey, Joris. How you doing? How uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm I'm excited to to discuss bioprinting. Like okay, okay, okay. All right. Me too. Me too. Very <laughs> much so. Do you know a lot about bioprinting? Are you new to this? Have you I'm tried? I'm relatively it? new to. This. I mean, like I have a lot of interest in bioprinting, but other than like basic knowledge that at some point someone used an HP ink cartridge to like squirt cells out. Um, that's basically all that I know on the technical side. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. I'm also like relative, like I've been reaching, researching and reading a lot of bioprinting papers and stuff, but I also uh, maybe thinking about making my own bioprinter by the way. But, um, Ooh. but, uh, yeah, uh, just like as a side thing. And, um, and, but a person who knows way more than both of us is Dr. Hector Martinez and he's with us today as well. Uh, welcome, uh, Hector. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Pleasure being here. Thank you for the invitation. So, uh, yeah, Dr. Hector Martinez is the co-founder and CTO of Selink. Uh, Selink is uh, a publicly traded bioprinting firm uh, that started with um, bio inks uh, and uh, well ended up growing very quickly uh, and uh, being very acquisitive, actually. And now it has, uh, through acquisitions and its own development, has bio inks and several different bioprinting platforms. So Hector came to us uh, from, oh, he was in Mexico initially, then the States, and now ends up being uh, in Sweden, where uh, Selink is, uh, is originally from. And uh, yeah, so so you can tell us a ton of stuff about bioprinting. So Hector, um, first, a little bit about your life. How did you end up going from Mexico all the way to Sweden? And, and, and how did that happen? Well, it was, it was really um, following the path of... Um of education honestly uh look, looking for opportunities where i could acquire the the, the skills uh, that i needed you know grow, grow, grew up in mexico went to the u.s uh, to study uh, that's where i did mechanical engineering and and after that uh, i found that uh, the next step was to take a quick stop pit stop in sweden the plan was to stay there for for two years do a master's in in bio bioengineering that eventually became now more than 10 years here so uh, <laughs> i stayed for a phd in uh, in in bioprinting <laughs> so that was that's how i found bioprinting or the whole field of regenerative medicine and tissue engineering yeah okay and that's kind of interesting because like like freed and dr langer uh, of also freed uh, of uh, materialize are all these scientists turned entrepreneurs and that's a very rare career path i think so so how did you uh, and the other co-founders first like come up with this idea like let's start a company to do this it was really out of um out of an experiment really uh i remember we were um you know, I was just finishing my PhD. My co-founder Eric, our CEO, uh, we had just met. Uh, we met through a common contact. Then we started working on this idea. He he was like, Let, let's test it. There's gotta be a quick quick way to to fail fast. So he he you know he just put up a web shop. Uh, we had the product there. We had a few cartridges. He put up a, a, a web shop, and we had orders coming in after like an hour. Of going live and wow. we're like okay so wait, that, that's it <laughs> yeah um so the funny thing was in those very beginning ideas right and this is i'm so happy you said this because some uh, somebody came to me and said 
should we be looking at this company to invest in them? Uh, you know, are, what do you think of this company? I said, they're actually not doing anything defensible. They're just doing the, they're making these bio-inks and the other uh, universities are buying them can also do this, but it just saves them some time. But all the other universities could also do this. So I'm like, there's nothing, there's, there's nothing defensible there. It's just a couple of guys with a web shop. So I'm like ecstatic that you just said this. <laughs> and then I said happily for myself, I said, but they seem to have legs and momentum. It seems to be going somewhere. So, but I don't understand it. So I'm so happy you just said that. No, that, that was the early beginnings. I mean, uh, my, my co-founder, Eric, he's a brilliant, brilliant guy, uh, business savvy. Uh, our other co-founder, Gusten, is uh, a mastermind when it, when it comes to finance and, and you know, getting, getting good people around, uh, good investors around us. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and really, I mean, myself, of course, on the technology side. So we covered those three, three legs, mm -hmm. pillars, business, technology, and finance. And when did you know, like, hey, this is the guy I'm going to found a company with? Or, you know, when is that feeling that you're like, okay, this could be someone or this could be a partnership? <laughs> That, 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 that is really, uh, it, it's, it's almost magical slash uh, you kind of know it. Uh, if, for, for us, it started as uh, just, just as an adventure. We wanted to test things. We were both interested in, 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 in other things as well. He, uh, Eric, I remember he wanted to go into law school. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I wanted to go into med school, but we said, you know, let's give it a try before we before we get accepted. And then just working, uh, spending time together. Then uh, you know, we found our third co-founder, Gusten. Just spending a lot of time together. You know, spending 16, 18 hours a day just bunking and, and getting to know the the good and the and the, the you know the, the things, the sharp edges. Uh, mm -hmm. Learning to 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 you know the 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 qualities or the skills that, that you can learn from the other person uh, where you complement each other. It just really comes down to spending time with people, mm -hmm. asking yourself, do I see myself spending another 20, 20 years plus mm -hmm. uh, to build a conglomerate with this mm -hmm. person? And the, the answer needs to, see, it needs to be a hell yes. Mm -hmm. It needs to be a strong yes, because otherwise, a lot of companies, I think they fail not because of the technology, not because of the uh, business in the beginning, but I think it's a lot of personality. You, you really need to be uh, uh, on the same wavelength. And, and that's where we find each other, uh, uh, Gusten, Eric, and myself. So the, the ambition is to build a conglomerate. So you want to be a really, truly large multinational company or something like that. That's absolute yes. Okay. I like that because a lot of people are like, I mean, it's to save lives or something. I don't know. They're all just cuddly <laughs> motives. Like, of course, like, of course. You know, it goes without saying, but, you know, to, to have impact, you need to be big. You, yeah, need, right. to, you need to think big and, and you need to execute in, in, in with a big vision. No, but I like that because it's, it's a lot of people are just like, it's almost if no one's in, a, in a starting companies to make money anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I, don't know, I don't know what kind of people you hang out with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So tell us a little bit more about, because like in the beginning, there was very little defensibility in what you did. And then all of a sudden you started developing technologies and inventing things. So, so tell, me, tell us a little bit about like the R&D uh, part of that. Absolutely. So we started with a strong IP on the, on the buying side. So uh, we, we, we bought that from, uh, from a professor. Uh, it, uh, it's a very, very good story. It's, uh, um, Eric's that he's, he's a professor at uh, Chalmers University of Technology. So he, he, is my, uh, he, he was my supervisor during my PhD. So we uh -huh. had, uh, you know, uh, in, in, in 
the IP was was with with uh, with his father. So we we just said, hey, listen, we 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 want to buy the IP. Uh, we acquired it, and then that was our you know the first our first IP on 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 BioInks. We started um, just developing around that. Uh, we came up with the first universal BioInk. That's where we put our flag. Uh, that was our flag on the moon. And then from there, we just continue expanding our borrowing offering uh, based on the needs from our customers. We quickly realized that on this process, we were advertising everyone else, everyone's bioprinter. We were like, yeah, I have tested with this bioprinter. It works fine. These are the things that you need to take care of or you need to watch out for. I've tested on, bio, on, on the bioprinter B, C, D, E. And we're just thinking, why are we advertising someone else's product? when we can build our own. I mean, uh, we, we have we have the know-how, we have the, the skills. So we, we just went at it. So uh, I remember summer 2015, we just bunk, you just went underground and then just spent a lot of time just building a system that uh, not only simple to use, but that could come, so that, that we could offer at a very low uh, or very affordable price so that we could make it accessible to you know everyone around the world didn't matter whether you were in the US well funded lab or whether you were in Mexico with you know trying to make meat ends and meat or from India it didn't really matter i mean we we wanted to make bioprinting accessible uh, from the technology ease of use and price and that's exactly what we did so for, with that uh, you know uh, beginning of 2016, that's when incredible wages went uh, viral. I mean, there was so much interest in the market for the for the incredible bioprinter. And from there, we just started, uh, you know, adding adding more features, adding uh, more flexibility, new technologies in the bioprinting heads, uh, and, and and that was the beginning. And and well, a little bit maybe about the technology. What is a bioink exactly? Yeah. <laughs> Ah, uh, let's back to basics. So you know, typically I I don't <laughs> I don't um, I, I I get in front of the horse typically on this on these cases. A bioing, you know, in in, in uh, layman terms, it's essentially the the environment required for any cell type, any human cell, to survive. Uh, so a bioing can be can be made of proteins uh, found in already in, in the human body or or animal tissue like collagen. Uh, that's the most common material used uh, for, for bioinks. Uh, it can also be synthetic materials or, or even natural materials, you know, found in, in, in wood. Uh, so we started, our first bioink was, it's a material uh, which originates from wood, wood cellulose. Uh, so after a lot of extraction methods, extraction process, purifications, you are left with a pure cellulose material that can be utilized for for keeping, you know, for printing the cells, protecting the cells while when 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 they're printed, and keeping them alive uh, outside the human body. And just a little bit, so you know, a lot of people maybe are. What I always find is that the, the people I talk to, I think that bioprinting is something that's really really close, right around the corner. We're going to be printing Granny's heart on on Wednesday, right? And that's, I think the media has been rather cavalier with it, but could you give us your perspective on the impact of the technology or when do you think it'll be clinical or, or just a little mm -hmm. bit about that? You know, the, the impact today of the technology is it's quite impressive. Uh, it's, it's a shame that it's not really picked up by media 
I'll give you the, the, the one minute uh, overview. Uh, essentially, today we have, um, you know, it's ex an extreme need for, for better platforms or better technologies for, for doing uh, drug testing. Uh, you know, not, not in animals or not in humans, but in, in tissue models. That's a direct use of the technology today, uh, 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 creating, creating the right environment, the right assays, the right tissue constructs or models to be able to test uh, compounds uh, by, the, you know, by the millions uh, in, in, in you know, how they interact with, with uh, liver cells or how they interact with, with lung cells or heart cells. Uh, all of the tissues which are normally uh, uh, that you want to target. Uh, so th that is the direct use of the technology, you know, for the drug discovery, drug development process. It can, it has a potential for minimizing uh, the, the, the time to market as well as reducing the cost. That's, uh, that's today, that's now. Uh, in the future, as we, as we mature the technology, uh, you know, take it through a very rigorous process, how are the cells exactly behaving with exactly this material? Uh, with exactly this architecture, um, we will understand a lot about how to build and how not to build tissues. And I, I foresee that, you know, within the decade, uh, we have already started seeing some exciting applications. You know, people are building all kinds of tissues. Uh, you're, we're not talking about tissue models. We're, we, it's quite exciting work happening with, you know, printing of uh, uh, of different uh, different tissues around the world. Is this a clinical clinical um, uh, products or or something that can be implanted today? No, that's not the case. I think it has to be. Uh, it needs to go through a lot more testing and development. But within within the decade, we will see a lot uh, of products coming out, especially for products which which maybe don't require uh, cells to begin with. Uh, maybe maybe that, that would be the first application. For, for for tissues that such as a heart or you know the liver I mean we're talking about uh, probably a, a few decades but that's that's fine because we, we are here to to build that uh, conglomerate and to build the technology necessary to take us there yeah because I've always I've looked at this like I've seen some you kind of alluded like in a very polite way to the press being yeah <laughs> but like for example I've always said that a lot of the stuff we've seen in the press is like I'm taking a piping bag you know like you use for pastry with pate in it and I make something the shape of a liver and I say, ta-da, let's call CNN, right? That's, that's the analogy I always use to a lot of these projects. And, it, and CNN's like, is it liver cells? Yep. Does it look like a liver? Yes. You know, they don't ask how big it is. And then, and then all of a sudden it's like all over the news. Uh, so it's very frustrating for us as 3dprint.com, for example, to pass on these stories <laughs> and then to see them on like the major news networks and the newspapers, right? And it really freaks me out, actually, if they can't get a story like this right, you know. But, and many yeah. of these stories, you know, they're really, I mean, some of them, some of these stories are making breakthroughs. I mean, you know, the, the printing of, of uh, not, you know, we're not talking about hearts right now, mm -hmm. but uh, the beginning of that, it's, it's the embryo, the, we're still in the embryonic stage. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's, it's fascinating to see, see these publications coming out because, I mean, they, they, are, they are paving the way towards, towards that. Uh, and mm -hmm. and uh, I'm, I'm extremely excited about the research that is happening today. Uh, mm -hmm. It's accelerating. It's it, that's the most impressive part, seeing mm -hmm. how how much it has accelerated over the past five years. Mm -hmm. oh, I think it's you know one one can one can one can always question: Is it connected to selling being founded? I think mm -hmm. so. 
You think you're like the first mover here or one of the first movers? No, no not the first mover, but really the, the first one that took a stand on democratizing this, this uh, industry mm-hmm. or this technology and, and making it accessible. That, that We were mm-hmm. extremely um, strong about that uh, and, and we had a clear purpose to, to just make it accessible. You're making it an industry rather than yeah, just exactly. something that just lives in the lab. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, lives, it lives in the lab, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. no, I think that's really exciting because I've always, uh, I tried to, I did two things I really wondered. I did a presentation on bioprinting at uh, the AMS Added Manufacturing Strategy Show like last year, maybe, or maybe the year before that. I don't remember. But the two things, one thing I thought is that what is the most exciting thing to me about the bioprinter is that it's uh, it's an uh, apart from of course printing human beings and living forever with cancer or something or whatever <laughs> the end game is, but apart from that, it, what really interests me is the fact that it's an experiment replication machine. You know, that you can get this exactly. bioprinter with the same settings and the same ink, and you in Guadalajara or in Auckland, New Zealand, mm. can really easily at the push of a couple of buttons replicate the same experiment. So is that, is that a, something you got? It's a prototyping. Uh, that's spot on. It's it's an it's a beautiful prototyping machine that scientists, especially cell biologists, had no access, couldn't even mm-hmm. imagine to have access to such such technology in the past. You know, even even within the the, the past years, uh, it's mm-hmm. we're targeting cell biologists and really the, you know these uh, stem cell researchers, cell biologists, perhaps don't have a, don't have a inclination towards this type of technologies mm-hmm. and just making them accessible in terms of ease of use, uh, how, you know, how, how to use, utilize the, the technology so that mm-hmm. they can prototype just like, you know, mechanical engineers or engineers prototype their, their, their creations or their, their, their concepts. We, we, want, we want to empower the cell biologists to prototype their ideas and, and test all these different mm-hmm. hypotheses and, and really uh, increase the wealth of, of knowledge that we are lacking, really. How much does one of your printers cost then, to, if it's accessible? And what, what I understand it's lab equipment, so it's it's not a hundred bucks, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a very good question. So anywhere from uh, ten thousand uh, dollars to for you know for the incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're if you're at university, you get you get discounts. We we always work uh, uh, with, with universities or researchers uh, up to you know the biox. It's uh, it's forty forty thousand thirty nine thousand US dollars uh, uh, for the device, uh, all the way to you know the biox six uh, twice as much approximately, mm-hmm. and then we also have the holographics which is a very unique technology, uh, extremely high resolution uh, for, for this type of, you know, with, with cells. Uh, right. that's, that's on the $1 million uh, ticket. There are a bunch of different technologies uh, out there. There's, you can use SLA, you can use, and you guys have kind of already shown that, that, that okay, you guys sell different technologies. So you've got this incredibly contrived technology lift, right? Which is, <laughs> I call it like the most contrived technology in the world. It's like, <laughs> and you've got inkjet that uses like you know regular nozzles or near to regular nozzles. I mean, could you explain the rationale or the the, the, the little the differences between like SLA, inkjet, uh, micro dispensing, or whatever the, the relative technologies are that you consider the most relevant? Absolutely. So, in terms of uh, use, you know the, the basics. You want to get started. Uh, you know you want to start driving. You want to learn how to drive uh, a bioprinter. 
then you start with with a BioX. That's the old time, super easy to use. Uh, you can you can get access to uh, multiple technologies right off the bat. So that's what we recommend to our you know if you want to get started with bioprinting, go for the BioX that has a wide range of technologies embedded, and you can mix and match as you wish. Um, if if you already know what you're what you want to do and you want you know you you already know i want this specific resolution with this specific material um, then we can start guiding our customers okay go towards the go towards the luminex go towards the pyrex 6 go towards the holographics uh, or the other products that we have in the pipeline um, but you know the the when i get started with bioprinting there is only one system it's, it's really the biox and then from there, if, if the if the customer already knows, or if the scientist already knows exactly what they want to do, uh, uh, going forward, then we can always either uh, offer something uh, around the product or or a new techno another technology. And the, really, the difference it's uh, the, the the printing. You know, how do you how, once once the material is once the cells are in the material, how do you produce the shape that you want? and how do you uh, stabilize that shape? So we have multiple, um, uh, we call them cross-linking uh, technologies uh, to, to stabilize the, the three-dimensional structural tissue that can be through temperature, that can be through, through light, uh, whether it's in the UV or using UV or, or different wavelengths, anywhere from the 400 to, to 1000 nanometer wavelengths and as well as utilizing some chemistry to to uh, keep keep the shape of the tissue. And also, I saw something on your website while I was preparing for this. It's it's called like omics. What's omics? <laughs> I have no idea. Omics. Omics. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, so you know when you think of uh, omics, you you think of uh, genomics, uh, yeah. the, the study of uh, the genome. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and you have uh, proteomics, the study of proteins at the mm -hmm. you know at the, this at the molecular level. Mm -hmm. uh, then this uh, transcriptomics, you know how how signals in the cell interact to to produce a certain protein in the cell or outside the cell. Uh, and this omics, it's the combination of all mm -hmm. all of the uh, okay. omics. And uh, essentially, you know what, what we're what we're doing here is that we we want to control. You know, if, if you want something that is high quality and, and really want to uh, uh, validate uh, an experiment, you 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 want to be sure that you know what's happening at the cell level, at the uh, multi-cell level, tissue level, and organ organ level. And for that, these different technologies can be utilized for analyzing what's happening at these different at these multiple levels so within the cell we want to know exactly which genes are being expressed which proteins are 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 turned uh, or you know are being produced by the cell and all of this information is is so valuable to be able to say um, give insights to the to the researchers and scientists uh, and confidence that what they're doing they, you know, that there is a, almost a cause and effect. When I do this, when I add this chemical, when I add this compound, this is what happens at the gene level, at the protein level, at the tissue level. And then you can be sure to say, okay, this is how it really works. Instead of just mm. having half of the half of the picture 
and and sometimes maybe uh, trusting on the wrong data. Yeah, okay. not taking into account this feed lo feedback loop or just thinking right. that you know there's like exactly. a body around the thing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Mainly the people you're working for now are are, are at research institutions and drug companies. And what are some other clients, or is that the, is that the whole market at the moment? Or today uh, we have about you know of course when we start we were heavily working with with. Uh, academic institutions, research institutes uh, all, all over the world. So it was, you know, more or less 80% uh, academics, 20% industry. Mm -hmm. Today we have flipped that equation. So we are, we are about 60% industry, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, 30% academics and the, uh, the other 10% uh, within, within the industry, you know, we're, we're working with the leading pharmaceutical companies or, the you know all the leading 20 pharma companies um mm -hmm. they have they, they are utilizing our technology anywhere for for isolating single cells or single bacteria uh so for it's the single cell printers uh for cell line development uh, uh that's a very very good very hot application for 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 not, not only for pharma but also for um manufacturers of uh, biological drugs. We have most recently, uh, through, through uh, one of our acquisitions, Cyanian, uh, now we, we also enable the production uh, or the manufacturing of uh, point-of-care diagnostic solutions. So if you think about biosensors, uh, wearables, um, mm. all of these really cool technologies that enable the, the uh, extremely hot applications today uh, that's that's what we offer so it's, it's a lot of uh, diagnostic companies uh, uh, manufacturers of di diagnostic sensors a uh, point of care diagnostics uh, and and uh, cosmetic companies is also quite quite big for us uh, utilizing you know the technology for for bioprinting skin tissue uh, you know with with different compositions of cells, so that they can test uh, cosmetic cosmetic products, uh, and that aids both in their development process, uh, making it faster, as well as uh, being able to offer uh, a replacement uh, model for for animals, instead of testing these drugs. I'm sorry, these cosmetic products in in rabbits or mice, uh, we provide an alternative method so that they can test them. In, in bioprinted tissue. What about food? Is that something? Food. Using? Yeah, uh, it's quite interesting. I, of course, we 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 are suppliers of, of uh, technology for for uh, quite quite. I, I I bet you know the names. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have, of course, we we supply the technology uh, gladly all the time. I mean, we have a lot of know-how uh, that can be transferred one to one, more or less. Uh, uh, but it's just not our, not not part of our uh, strategy. So for that, we we're we'll gladly supply everything from the you know the bioprinter for food printing to get started, and, and and now recently there's a lot of interest for the industrial type of uh, printers. Mm -hmm. And are you, uh, do you? I know it's not part of your strategy, but do you guys envision, or do you as a you know person in this industry, do you see that as the vat-grown meat or clone meat being a big industry soon or do you think it's still it's further out than organs or is it closer because it's not as difficult on some level 
Mm. You know, it's it's a hard question because I would argue that it has a potential to to have a, uh, especially plant based. I would say that's the closest one. The the the, the real protein or not the real protein, but the animal protein. Base, I think that's a little bit farther down the road, but I, I do think that the plant base, and there's a few companies there, uh, I think they have it's a direct uh, path. If you're like, how do you see your industry growing? I mean, the, the point is, you did point out before you want to democratize it. Uh, so, is, does that mean you're going to make even cheaper machines going forward to really bring it to, 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 to developing countries and stuff? Or how do you see this happening? So, from you know, the democratizing has a few, has a few levels, uh, it has a cost, of course. Uh, the, the 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 financial uh, uh, or the, the investment to, to get started of course we want to lower those those barriers and and for that we have uh, you know bioprinters that make uh, bring down that barrier uh, but at the same time you know the technology it has uh, we need to, we need to continue developing it we we spend a lot of uh, dollars in in R and D uh, to mm-hmm. to continue pushing the edge. And, you know, we're coming up with really cool technologies. I mean, we have products, product launches. Uh, you, you, can, you can see our activity. Uh, a lot of extremely talented team of engineers that, that I, I have on my side uh, to continue developing and de- delivering these uh, very unique technologies that are not maybe as price sensitive uh, at the moment, given that, you know, they're, they're novelty. Mm. Uh, but of course, I mean, we want to push it uh, both from you know making them accessible, not only from the cost per side, but also in the in the the ease of use, uh, com- the you know the the conversion of these different technologies. So right now we we are expanding our our view. Uh, when we started, we started with this um, with the vision to be to become the the leading bioprinting company. We, and that was when we started with with one bioink. That was the vision, the leading bioprinting company in the world. Fact, you can fact check me. Uh, we are the leading bioprinting company in the world. And as we have been, you know, visiting customers these five years, understanding, learning from them, their 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 challenges and and their aspirations, their vision for the, their vision for the future, we have seen a bigger picture. And we with this picture of uh, bioconvergence. Uh, you know, when, when, when data and engineering, technology, biology merges into this one, into this one fine, beautiful line, uh, that's where we are operating, uh, bringing, bringing these technologies that are, are, are not only unique in, in, in terms of the, the problems that they're able to solve, but also the, the the bigger challenges that that uh, you know we're we're aiming to solve with this this can be tied into personalized medicine regenerative medicine point of care diagnostics biosensors for you know wearables bringing bringing healthcare closer to the patient uh, thinking about proactive healthcare you know how how do we how do we become better at managing our our health uh, you know, with the use of biosensors or, or some of these uh, really interesting point of care diagnostic technologies so that we can better, uh, so that we have the, the information we need uh, before it gets really bad. So, uh, of course, uh, within, within the, we will continue expanding 
uh, within the, 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 the in healthcare industry. Uh, and we see a bigger picture, uh, a picture where we, we can have even more impact. Uh, personalized medicine, tissue engineering, uh, drug drug discovery, drug development, uh, as well as uh, point of care diagnostics and, and biosensors. Yeah. Uh, one thing I'm super interested in is, is three is three D printed pharmaceuticals. So this idea mm-hmm. of you know creating a pharmaceutical that either yeah dissolves faster has been done with one mm-hmm. uh, proved uh, medicine, and also uh, you know or one that you know is individualized to weight or, or whatever kind of character and stuff. You guys, there, I, I know there's papers being written about your printers using being used in this. Yeah, way. are you excited about this as well? Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, f- funny thing is that our very first customer uh, down in uh, Texas Tech, uh, he 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 acquired an incredible for just that purpose. Being able to print the pills with different mm-hmm. different compositions, you know, having a, a shell that diluted at a certain rate, uh, with a core that was a little bit harder to 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 dilute, uh, to be to be able to not only personalize the 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 dose, but also the the, the release properties of mm-hmm. these different compounds. Uh, I think that's a very hot uh, area as well, uh, you know. Instead of um, building or, or manufacturing these these pills on on a large scale, you know maybe bringing down bringing them down to your local Walgreens. I don't know. Yeah, I love this. I love this. It's a it's a really interesting vision. Uh, yeah. And again, we, I mean, we, we we work very closely with all these um, uh, very very interesting applications, and and we're very happy and excited that our technology it's it's uh, supporting that. Yeah, I, was, I remember like years ago I had a small operation and then uh, and then they, they asked me what my weight was for the anesthesia and then I started thinking about this right before I kind of drifted off into sleep and the guy started counting and stuff. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, why why for this thing <laughs> they're doing matter? this? Yeah. And why don't we do this for all the other things? <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, uh, I think it's, it's super exciting. And also like from a pharma company point of view, imagine you have something like uh, – I don't know, something really aspirin. I'm just saying aspirin. And then if you already know a lot about it, uh, it's very well trusted by regulators as well. And then you, you can just repackage it, right? To make it go faster, work faster, work better for a certain injury or something like that. The approval process to me sounds like it could be a lot cheaper and a lot uh, more efficient than uh, trying to invent something new. So uh, yeah, I'm just I'm hyper excited about like gaplets. And like you said, like imagine a pill that dissolves at a certain time. And then inside of it is another pill that has a time release for 72 hours, right? And inside mm-hmm. of that is another one or something like that. It's just like the, the possibilities. Are just yeah, exactly. Like, having yeah, having yeah. this, this uh, composition of gel with solids and, and uh, these really different drug releasing profiles uh, yeah. that, that are really, uh, it, 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 uh, in the long run, it will be better for the patient. Yeah, I, I, I brainstormed about this for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what I get to do. And then, and, yeah, no, no, right. I didn't. I didn't. I'm, I'm stupid because I'm an art. I have. A, I wrote an article. Seventy two ways we use uh, 3D printing to make medicine more effective. So I just made it public. Yeah. But I didn't. I didn't. I'm not into collecting IP. Really, I probably should be. Probably we are. Should be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, even just I, I know like someone that is interested. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, even in like something like elder care or something where where people who are of a certain age start taking a lot of drugs um, and it becomes difficult to remember 
which drugs to take when and at what point and so forth and so on. The, the idea that you could theoretically almost take one pill per day or one pill a week, however it is, that's all of your medication set to release when it's supposed to release and how it's supposed to release. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it could make a lot of people's lives a lot easier. One of the ones I came up with is to make it like, for example, to make one look like a morning star, like a sunshine, right? To print like a sunshine. So then you know that that's the morning one. The morning right? pill. <laughs> and then the other, the other one is a half moon. So you know, uh, it's going right. to take, no, we were talking about Alzheimer's patients, no, right? Yeah, that's a population not, that has a, a, yeah. a ton of different drugs that take, right? So we, and then make the one pill, the moon one is the one at night, you know, the one yeah. that looks like a, a steak or whatever is, a, is the one you take with food. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's laugh, but. I, I will encourage you to file a patent on this. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a little too late. <laughs> no, you have, you still have time. He's WhatsApping his lawyer now. <laughs> <laughs> It's not, it's not, it's not published, right? It's I not just, published. I just need everyone here <laughs> to sign an NDA, please. Technically, so. <laughs> technically you can still publish. That's true. Still file. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, no, but I think I think that the drug thing is really, really very exciting. I think I think just just that that, and also for smaller populations, right? Like for example, yeah, there's certain genetic effects, and also uh, in certain races and people, pregnant women, and all sorts of other things, and making drugs just for these. A smaller groups could also, I think, be a huge uh, thing, hugely beneficial. Why not? Uh, yeah, or, why not small-scale yeah. production for yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or like a special dose for pregnant women because they have, I don't know, more pain or whatever. I don't know what kind of a variable that could be. Uh, or to I'm actually really be able to that. test uh, on non, you know, what the effects would be on a pregnant woman without putting it in a pregnant woman. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, because you can create the culture to see the effects. Yeah, I have no idea. Oh, but the, 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 okay, but the models, yeah. Okay. Yeah, for the models. Well, because yeah. there's there's a real lack of that. Um, like, we don't, uh, at least in the United States, they don't do a lot of testing, like, on women. They usually just test on men, for example. Which and they so? almost never test on pregnant women. Um, no. So a lot of the time, the models are, are in the current way they're done are, are wrong like because they just they're forgetting half the population which has a different biology on some level mm. we so. talked about this before i was always like terrified of the fact that maybe like if if if, if like for example if they only that most medicine was developed by american college students you know <laughs> so <laughs> if they're so if they're, <laughs> right. if they're tested it on college students if there's like some effect of doritos or something then right. <laughs> <laughs> it could be messing up all medicine you know drinking <laughs> Right, Red Bull and binge drinking uh, have an <laughs> effect on the meds. Exactly. It's, it's, like, it's a bad population to test. I tell you, folks, uh, yeah. it's, it's time to, for, for tissue or bioprinted yeah. tissue to take those uh, models. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Their place. Yeah. And, and so how do you see that? So you seem to be expanding your portfolio, right? You're expanding into many different areas, right? You're starting to look kind of like a mini Roche or something, right? So it's not like you're just doing bio-links, bio you're, you're moving different technologies. What are some future things you want to do or want to explore? You know, it's a very, very good point. And, and I'm, I'm glad you're following the selling story as we, as we become the leading bioconvergence company. Um, really, what, what, we're, what we're looking at, it's uh, enabling uh, workflows, full workflows from, you know, A to Z. Uh, from from the single cell, very you know, uh, identifying which is the cell population that you should be focusing on because in, in you know that there's a large variation in cells. So uh, 
first of all, knowing which cell population to focus on for your experiment or, or, or the treatment that you want to engineer. Um, from the single cell uh, to, the, to the small organoid, to the tissue model, to the organ, following that complete workflow through the analysis of the tissue, the single cells, until you can give for, you know, as for, a, for certain, this is, this is how the, 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 the drug is working, it's affecting the cells. Uh, once once you 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 ex expose the cells to, to to different compounds, and really guiding the, our customers from that single cell all the way to the to the through their question scientific question, and most importantly guiding them all the way to the insight, uh, be able to tell them this is this is uh, with with uh, high confidence this is the effect of this drug on 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 these cells liver cells. Uh, carry on. These these are good 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 drug targets, or being able to to give full confidence to the drug manufacturer. These are the cells that you want to focus on. Go on, continue. You can safely manufacture those drugs in these cells, uh, all the way to uh, creating these uh, next generation biosensors uh, or for or or point of care uh, devices to be able to diagnose. Uh, patients or being able to to utilize them for you know g g even if you're you, you don't have to be ill to to get some some uh, more insight about yourself you know what's happening really inside your body so I think we we, we just want to enable these these discoveries uh, and of course uh, enable the the future of a personalized medicine all the way from the uh, from from the the creation of, of organs or printing of organs uh, for transplantation to the, the creation of personalized uh, drugs for, for that, for, for you, for, for, for me, uh, to, to, the, to the creation of you know, next generation um, point of care devices or, or testing platforms to be able to diagnose better my, my health condition or my disease. We're driving fast towards a world of uh, personalized medicine at, at many, many different levels. And it's, it's an exciting future, I believe. Okay, yeah, yeah. It sounds like an exciting future. And one more question is like, Max is the co-founder of 3Doodler and in so doing also the inventor of the 3D printing pen, right? Now there's a project Very in Australia. Cool. Uh, there is a project in Australia that is using a 3D printing pen as a buyer printer. Is that something mm -hmm. you guys are gonna look at too or? Why not? I mean, if, if there's a, if there's a market for it, uh, why not? I mean, I, I, I hardly say no. Um, I got a patent for it. <laughs> excellent. We, 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 we license patents, so that's that's good. That's a good start. Um, let's let's talk offline, uh, Max. <laughs> excellent. See. How will everybody come together? Okay, guys. Hey, uh, I really enjoy this, Hector. I think uh, great, very uh, lucid, uh, very uh, informative talk. I really, really enjoyed it. And, and thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much, Joris and Max, for having me. And I look forward to, to creating. And please follow follow our journey as we create the, the future of, bio, of, of medicine. Uh, thank you for having me. Anytime. Well, and thank, thank you, you Max. Yeah. It's always a stimulating conversation. Yep. Thank you. And thank you guys for listening. Thank you very much. Uh, my name is Joris Peels. And today we were, this was the 3D pod. Thank you.
You've been listening to the 3D Pod. For more information on what you just heard or to subscribe, visit www.3dprint.com or follow us at 3dprint underscore com.